Why did you betray my father? Why did he betray me? Carl instinctively reaches for his weapon. I'm sorry, but you do not serve your country in covert operations and then write a tell-all. Welcome to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast. I'm Matthew Ivan Bennett. Second up in this year's play-by-play series comes a political thriller called The Envelope. In this fast-paced political thriller, a young blogger, the prodigal son of a powerful D.C. family, receives a trove of classified documents from an anonymous source. But his quest to authenticate the documents will force him to investigate the dark history of his own family. Alex Lewin, the playwright, currently hails from Los Angeles. His work has appeared at the O'Neill, New York Theatre Workshop, and Arena Stage in D.C. He began working in earnest on the play during a fellowship at the Playwright Center in Minneapolis. Here's Alex Lewin with more. I think it was late 2011. I'd been toying with a movie idea, actually, and I pitched it to a producer. But then I just sort of had the idea, what if I'm looking for a new play to write. What if I tried that on stage? How might it live on stage? I just sort of gave myself permission to uh, really challenge myself to have fun and to try to write the way I wrote when I was a kid. I never read for pleasure until I was about 11, and then I started tearing through spy novels and mysteries. And that, was, that was the first reading I ever did for pleasure. And then a couple of years later, when I started writing for pleasure, it was spy stuff. It was spy stories. And I thought, what, ha- what would happen if I tried to get back in touch with some of that stuff? So I, I just tried putting that movie scenario on stage, and it worked a lot better. It flowed a lot more easily. What do you find is different about writing a thriller as opposed to writing a straightforward drama, and how did you balance the thriller element with the romantic subplot? Well, in conceiving of the idea for film, you have to think of it as a thriller, and you have to sort of figure out how you're going to use thrillery tropes if you're going to write it as a screenplay. But if you're going to put it on stage, I think you have to stop thinking of it as a thriller and start thinking of it as a, a, a family drama or whatever kind of drama it is. So in the case of this play, this is a play about a family that you know is turned upside down or turned inside out over the course of the play. And there is also, you mentioned the, uh, the romantic subplot, that there is a love relationship that hangs in the balance. So before the play can be, become a thriller, it has to be those things. Suspense is kind of one of the primary tools of the storyteller. Now, in this case, we're talking about a suspense genre, like suspense in the Hitchcockian sense of it or the Agatha Christie sense of it. But Long Day's Journey into Night is a very suspenseful play. You know, Death of a Salesman is an incredibly suspenseful play. So uh, for me, working on this particular play is not that much, not so very different from working on any other drama I've written, uh, or comedy, for that matter. Um, You're still using the stuff of... You know, the art of suspense is getting the audience to want to know more and getting the audience to lean in and want to find out what happens next. And that's still the stuff of this play or any other play. I think if there is a big difference in working on this kind of play, it's just a matter of keeping orchestrated which characters know what information when (laughs) and then how they're using or releasing that information in order to to further their own agendas. I, I mean, that's true in any play, but there's just a lot more of that going on in this play. There's a lot more information. There's a lot more stuff. There are a lot more secrets. There are different parties who know different things at different times. And yeah, one of the challenges of this play has been to keep all that straight. A Latin phrase appears in your play and is embodied by your protagonist, Brian. Let the truth be told, though the world may perish. Would you speak to the political dynamics that led you to write a play 
centered on that, and where did you find that? Sure. So for anyone who's interested in the intellectual stuff of this play, I would, I would I really recommend reading Hannah Arendt's great essay, Truth and Politics, in which she talks about the role of the truth teller in the polis, in the public square, in society. And she is actually using a variation on um, Immanuel Kant's phrase, uh, I'm going to mangle it, but I, I believe it's fiat justitia et periat mundus, let justice be done though the world may perish. And what Hannah Arendt says is um, uh, that is a pretty good pillar of a society, but what if we change justice to truth, let the truth be told though the world may perish? Well, then things get a a bit more complicated. Um, uh, And she speaks also of the allegory of of the cave in uh, uh, Plato's The Republic, which is as relevant today as, (laughs) uh, as ever. So, but, you know, for our, for the moment in which the play was conceived, late 2000, kind of the middle of the Obama administration, uh, it was pre-Edward Snowden, but you did have WikiLeaks um, leaking a lot. (laughs) It was just uh, publishing, uh, you know, kind of in the spirit of of publishing the Pentagon Papers, WikiLeaks seemed to be that organization. Now, things have really changed. Julian Assange is now, you know, vilified by both the left and the right. But at the time, um, it seemed as if we were at a moment where a kid in a dorm room with a blog could really change the world just by publishing a classified document. And I really wanted to explore not so much the moral implications of that. Is it, is it good or bad? Is it right or wrong? Better that that's left to Hannah Arendt to think about. But I did want to investigate what it might mean for a character to know that he has that power, to uh, be of so much of his time, uh, and how we might be able to test that principle that let the truth be told though the world may perish, you know, just all truth disclosed all the time, how we might be able to, how I might put this main character in a position where he has that principle run up against his own personal reality in which he is keeping the secret of his lover's sexual identity, his lover's in the closet. And I, I wanted to explore that tension. Have you found a new favorite moment or scene in the play during this workshop process? Has anything struck you differently? Mm-hmm. Yes, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, there's a scene in the play, the third scene in the play, our hero, Brian, who is our, our, our protagonist. He's the, this college student. He's a blogger. Someone has given him an envelope full of documents and, and, and implored him to publish them. But he has to figure out whether these documents are, are the genuine article. And that involves investigating the history of his own family. And so in the third, uh, the third scene of the play is a scene between Brian and his mother. And uh, we have two really wonderful actors uh, in Susanna Florence and, and Brant Garber who are showing me a, a, a level of that scene that I hadn't quite, that I don't think had, had been so potent for me when I've worked on this play with actors before. So it's, it's a scene where he, you know, he is trying to get information from her and she is being very, very cautious about what she wants to tell him. But there are also emotional layers going on between them, and there's a whole history that these characters have, and including some resentment, I think, from him towards her in the way that, you know, in families where one parent dies, the children often are hostile or resentful toward the surviving parent. And I think that's true in this family. Um, but what Susanna and Brandt are showing me is... Um, even in all that tension and hostility and even in their sort of combative back and forth or competitive back and forth, it's all undergirded by love. The love that they have for one another is really very real and very deep. 
uh, even as they're doing this kind of cautious dance around one another. And again, that's a that's a vital element of 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 the play. If we don't if we don't feel that emotional connection among the characters, the play's not going to work. So they're really showing me that here at, at our workshop uh, that we're doing this week, and I love it. Alex Lewin, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you, Matt. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Theater podcast for the Envelope. For tickets, call eight zero one five eight one six nine six one or visit our website pioneertheater.org. The Envelope is sponsored by Lee and Audrey Holler. The play-by-play series is sponsored by Dr. Linda Leckman, the Byerly Foundation, Sandy Bankin, and the Utah Museum of Fine Arts. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at marketing at pioneertheater.org.